Spags, it is our final head-to-head -head Best Ball Mania 4 draft battle. We've been battling it out all summer, and today we are going to get our last bullet fired. Yeah, there are just nine days left until the NFL season starts, and Pete and I have to get our final entries in. Pete, you've got about 15 left. I've got a little bit less than that, and we got to make everyone count, Pete. So I think this is uh, shaping up to be our best draft yet, right? I will say, like, on Monday on Best Ball Breakfast, you know, I'm getting Terry McLaurin in the late six. I'm getting JSN in the eighth. So it is fun to build. If you're willing to take on some of these injury discounts, you can build what feel like super teams, you know, on paper relative to what you could build earlier in the offseason. So, yeah, I am enjoying kind of having the board feel very different than it did even two weeks ago. Yeah, of course, Pete and I do have those diamond hands. We're willing to take the injured guys in the hopes of that week 17 upside. And it looks like our draft room just filled. So, Pete, I actually did the math before the show. I went it through, counted all the shows we've done together, all the drafts we've done together. Do you want to guess at least roughly how many Splash Play shows we've done together, streaming head-to-head? -head? Uh, I would guess that we have done... Oh, no, because this includes some on the Splash Play channel. Uh, I will say 23 drafts we've done. So I believe we are at 28 drafts. I think this is okay. either 28 or 29 we'll be doing today. Then we have a few other straggler ones where we did the four for four with John Daigle. We're also going head to head with Daigle in that one. So I think together we're going to have about one fifth of our portfolio combined in the same rooms. And I don't know if that scares you at all, Pete, because uh, you might not have caught the channel recently, but I do know ball. I hold the football now doing streams to indicate how much I know ball. Yeah, you're going full Scott Hansen. That was when I did the randomizer. Scott Hansen was holding the uh, that ball the entire time here. Um, we are off to the races in this draft spags. I got the one six, which uh, actually feels nice. I like being in the middle of the board right now and with all the values falling. And on top of it, just anywhere that's not one eight, one nine, one ten feels relatively good to me. And speaking of, I'm in the 110, so I'll get the same old crap that you've seen me throughout this entire summer. But excited to do it. I actually yesterday on a stream took Bijan Robinson and Nick Chubb just to get two guys that I do have faith in but have not taken a lot of because of my, my staunch zero RB-ness. But Pete, you were on the clock. What are you going to do with your 1-6? Yeah, I said I, I'm excited to pick at 1-6, and then you're staring at Kelsey, at Eckler, at Bijan, and you're like, huh, um, why couldn't Cup fall? Um, you know, let's. Uh, I haven't done a ton of Kelsey. Definitely going to be underweight him. He's my lowest uh, clicked player in the first round. But we'll, we'll take the plunge here and, and grab Travis Kelsey. So is this one where I know you've been kind of anti-elite QB, at least when they're taking him in the second round, where you are taking Kelsey and he's obviously so connected to Mahomes. Are you inclined to take him here for your final few bullets in the second round? Uh, oh, Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, I took Mahomes yesterday. Um with a chase team uh just i hadn't done that a lot and the board seemed kind of dried up at the back end of round two um i'm not gonna i won't reach for Mahomes here uh coming back in the middle of the board like if he falls to the mid third i would but that's uh probably very unlikely uh so yeah i'm not gonna go out of my way to get Mahomes kelsey but i don't mind uh playing kelsey here you're definitely not as badgy of a room as Pete usually has, or even I usually have when we're doing these streams. So we'll see if we can push QBs as much as usual. I would normally like to take a, a digs and try to push for Allen in the third, but not sure if we're going to get that in this one with one angry slug. We are getting all the good usernames here down the home stretch. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Normally, I like to do a little survey here to see what friends and family. I think I recognize TTP. B. Schreibs looks vaguely familiar. Uh, don't recognize anyone else. Is Chad, are you guys all out of bullets? Are you done? Are you protesting? Uh, what's everyone doing? Because there's not a lot in the lobby right now. It's like, what, weekly winners in, in BBM as far as uh, underdog uh, NFL action? Yeah, I'm surprised. I, I don't know. I'm mean, You've obviously been doing more work with us to try to figure it out for your stream schedule. Like, is this going to fill by the weekend? Is it going to go into next week? Because I think we're at almost 85% filled. So yeah, you know. I think uh, someone in the chat can correct me if I'm wrong. I have been keeping tabs on it. I want to say we're, we've been at like one and a half to 2% every day. You know, the thing I was worried about was initially I was like, I'll save a bullet for like, you know, Monday or Tuesday after Labor Day or whatever. And I'm like, I can't risk it. I think this will end up filling over Labor Day, especially because it sounds like underdog isn't going to be dropping any other mid to high stakes contests. They clearly want to get this in weekly winners uh, as close to filled as possible. So I think, I think my guess would be like Sunday or Monday is when it fills. And so I will be wrapping up all of mine on Friday, going to do a marathon stream with about six or seven BBM drafts to close it out. I believe I've properly gamed it out 
um, for the rest of the week, all my drafts. And I'm also adding a Thursday best ball breakfast to sneak in two more there as well. So as long as something crazy doesn't happen and everyone starts piling in BBM at the last moment, uh, at which point that would legitimately throw a wrench in my plans. I've been booking guests and all this stuff. So that would be a mess if I have to fire up like an impromptu overnight stream on Thursday night. But uh, I think we're going to be okay at this bill rate. I think. Yeah, I've kept the flexibility for myself where most of my drafts now, I think I'm going to be at about 100 of my drafts will have been on stream in some capacity, um, which feels good because I still have the other ones I haven't done. But that allows me some flexibility on the home stretch that Pete doesn't have as he's making another pick here in the second round. It's so funny, Spags. I had, um, I, I, I think legitimately at the start of this week, I was like, I'd like to get a little bit more Jalen Waddle, like relative to all of these other like mid second round wide receivers. I didn't have a ton of him. And now four of my past five drafts, uh, I've gotten Jalen Waddle. I drafted with Liam on his channel, uh, yesterday and we got Waddle paired with Jamar Chase. Waddle absolutely falling. It's, does people think What's going on? Is it if JT signs with the Dolphins, then Waddle's going to get less targets? I'm trying to figure out why Waddle is all of a sudden sliding. Because for a while, Spags, he was going, what, like 2-3, 2-4 in like the majority of drafts. I will say, so I don't want to throw shade at anybody. It's too early in the morning for me to start throwing shade. But one of the Twitter doctors out there is one of the ones that like has popped up recently and I don't think is quite as, as known. Posted a tweet about like doing projections for Jonathan Taylor going to the Dolphins. And it was like, if he goes to the Dolphins, he's going to end up with... 30 carries for 80 yards. <laughs> it's like, what is, what are you doing, man? Stick to ankle injuries and all of that. I think people just don't know how to read these situations or they see a tweet like that and they get confused. But yeah, like Jonathan Taylor going to the Dolphins, I think probably not as good as the Colts. Like we saw in the preseason game last week, Deion Jackson, Evan Hull getting wide open runs to the end zone because of the attention that Anthony Richardson sucks in. Again, I know ball, the gravity of AR. Uh, but, but overall, it's like, People don't know what to do with these guys, and I still think Taylor's stuck. Like, I don't think there's going to be a trade. The Dolphins aren't really offering anything. Yeah, I mean, I've, <laughs> I mean, I've been pretty steadfast that the way the Dolphins have operated, basically over the past three to four years, with ever ever since I started following them closely because of Patrick Laird and watching how they allocated their resources to the running back position. They've been very consistent with we are not going to sink a lot of money into this. Now, things did slightly change with Mike McDaniel, right? They traded for Chase Edmonds. They did bring in a few people uh, over in free agency that was like a little bit more splashy than the previous, but it, they still do not strike me on a team that is going to massively overpay, tie up their you know salary cap with a big long-term Jonathan Taylor extension. They've played things in a very smart way. And I still don't see it, but could they get a low ball offer? Do I get Patrick Mahomes here in the third? Wow, that's sweet. That seems fun. Um, yeah, so I get Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kelsey, and Waddle. Love that. Um, but anyways, I, I do really think if they get Jonathan Taylor, I think they're getting an absolute steal because I don't think they're going to overpay. So maybe I think I'm a little more inclined to think something might get done than you, but I still agree that the most likely scenario is he remains a Colt. Well, the report that I saw yesterday was that Taylor's looking for 14 to 15 million, which would be at that McCaffrey level. And I just don't see the Dolphins paying that along with draft capital and giving, you know, the equivalent of a first rounder or a first rounder. Um, so I definitely don't have that level of faith. And you get Mahomes. I do not get Josh Allen with my Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown start. But if you had to put a probability on it now, what do you say is the odds of Taylor going, not going? Because I feel like it's 75, not going 25 going, maybe. I, I then we're actually closer. I, yeah, I think I'm like 70, 30. I know there's some smart people. I think I saw Jacob Sanderson's been following it close. He's like 50, 50 uh, on it, which seems a little high to me just because just in general with all of these things, something getting done is, is hard, right? There's so many variables here because if you think about it, right? Like the dolphins have to meet the Colts compensation demands, but they also then have to know that JT will be okay with whatever offer they're giving him. And what's weird about that is uh, the reports. I think it was Josina Anderson was saying, then the dolphins are prepared to offer him a market contract. Weren't the Colts offering him a market contract. Doesn't Jonathan Taylor want an above market contract. So is this just one of those situations where he's so fed up with Irsay and the Colts BS that he's like, I'm willing to make a lateral move just to get out of here and just be done with you. So I don't know. It still seems like a lot of needles that have to be thread. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's a hard to overcome. Again, it's just you're paying it on both ends, which is a tough part for the running back market with what it is. Um, there's a whole athletic article breaking it down, talking about if he does get what he wants out of this, it's going to change the game. And I am so stoked because I wanted to get Cooper and Christian Watson here. Pete, <laughs> I'm putting for our final splash play draft an extreme zero RB down the home stretch. You know what? I think I'm going to end up uh, right there with you. Although actually, maybe not. Um, although some, when you do start with both Kelsey and Mahomes, um, even getting Mahomes in the third, um, it is like look at these guys. I love these. I love these running backs here. So I am probably going to end up with a running back here as opposed to a wide receiver. Um, I thought I was going to join you, Spags. I was going to be like, all right, let's do it. Let's go extreme uh, zero RB. And then I'm like, no, I'm just going to take Ramondre, Etienne, or Brees Hall like I always do. I was thinking about Ramondre for the correlation with Diggs. I just feel like because I got Diggs and AJ Brown, which um, probably, you know, it exists out there, but a little more unique because those guys are being so close in ADP. I felt like that's a spot where I'd like to strengthen my advantage at the position. Uh, but I know for you, like uh, Ramondre tempting. I got Brees yesterday on DraftKings, Pete, 59 is where yeah. I got Brees. It's the crazy. thing is, uh, this works out perfectly. Uh, I do slightly prefer Ramondre to ETN, but ETN has been a guy I've been trying to get um, up over the field on, uh, have been doing that a decent bit. He comes to me here. So I start uh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis ETN, Jalen Waddle, Travis Kelsey. The one thing I'll say just with the most likely thing to happen is him not getting traded in general. It's like the same people who are saying there's a 50% chance he goes, JT goes to the Dolphins, were the same people saying there's a 75% Dalvin Cook ends up on the Dolphins. Because the fit is so perfect, it's the most idealized fit that we want. Like, obviously, he would be a fantasy superstar. He's going to be a fantasy superstar wherever, but he could, like, legit be the 101 uh, pretty easily in the Dolphins' offense. I think we we assign a higher probability because we want it. We know how fun that would be for fantasy. Wouldn't be fun for all my late Dolphins running back bags, but I still think uh, we are probably way too optimistic on how high that probability is. Do you think if he did go to the Dolphins that like an A-chain would be going back the other way as a pseudo draft capital where you get the young guy and then maybe you only have to throw in like a third or a second? Because that I think would be a saving grace for my A-chain bags, whereas obviously if it's Taylor with then the three running backs in Miami still there, uh, hard to imagine them hitting any sort of upside. Um. Sorry, say that again. I, I was can't tell if Meatwad is is trolling us with this report here that I was oh, reading, which has would be to very, be trolling. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, a chain. Do you think a chain oh. would be a guy that would be in that trade potentially? You know, that's that's what's really interesting to know. You know, I just always assumed it would be a pick um, as opposed to a player because again, you got to think about. You know, it's the same thing in your dynasty leagues, right? Like the the pick is worth more than the player you select because that is showing like your intent. Like the Dolphins clearly scouted A-Chain. They wanted him. So we have no idea how the Dol or the Colts like feel about A-Chain. I mean, conceptually, it makes sense, right? Send a running back back, a young one. But who knows if the Colts, like the Colts might be like underdog drafters right now and want nothing to do with A-Chain. But uh, that does seem to make sense. Yeah, I would be intrigued by that one. Having a burner alongside AR, I think it'd be pretty fun for that RPO game that they're going to be clearly having as a focal point of that offense. But uh, definitely interesting times here. We'll see if there's an update throughout the course of the day. Of course, uh, Pete, you're going to hit serious after this one. So I'm sure you're excited to hear lots of questions about, oh, should I be starting Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase in my lineup or somebody else? It is. It's going to be funny. Yeah, I'm doing uh, XM today and then I'll be regular in season Monday through Wednesday. And uh, yeah, I haven't taken a, a start sick call, a drafting call in, in ages. So yeah, it's going to be a change of pace, man. Um, so the ADP here on these wide receivers is really sticky. McLaurin and Judy both uh, have been falling a lot more. So we are going to have to kind of scroll down and go get someone. I don't really have anything else I want to do here. I have a ton of locket, a ton of Godwin. Um, I think we're just going to dance around the draft board and I'm going to grab your guy, uh, George Pickens here, uh, Spags, uh, because I didn't like any of the other options and I'm kind of pumping my brakes on Tyler Lockett exposure here. No, that's fair. It's hard to take Judy and McLaurin at ADP when you know they do fall in enough rooms. I was hoping to get Pickens to cap off my run at receiver. I think teams with him and Christian Watson are going to be the thing that I will hold near and dear to my heart as a thing that will hopefully help me break out of BBN this year in terms of my exposures, but I think I might have to scoop up one of McLaurin or Judy here just because of the the dip. Um, let's see. We don't have anything that correlates. I, I will. I'm not yeah. I'm not going to talk to you out of any picks, but Judy has been sliding really far. Like I would yeah. you would be able to get Judy at 63. I feel pretty confident saying that, but famous last words. 
you know, Madison also falls a lot. And I do think there's been encouraging reports about him being a bell cow. One that came out about uh, Kevin O'Connell talking about him as such, but I am going to take Terry McLaurin here. I still think he's valuable and maybe I'll do the injured guy double dip with him and, and Judy on the way back. Yeah. When you said you were done with your wide receiver run, I did. did were you thinking of going five straight and then just full stop? I'm going to try to go six straight and then go full stop. That is what yeah. I try to do for the extreme zero RBs. Cause I think that's the, the build that I know Hayden had some data on, on underdog, which I've posted the article enough times that you can search radicalize zero RB if you want to find it. Uh, but it's basically like you take six out of the first seven rounds or, you know, first six ideally, and then cut off position entirely until maybe the 15th. Um, yeah. But I feel like I'm going to skip over Judy here because I've been scooping too much Judy value. I am going to close out with Jahan Dotson in my receiver run. Um, just want to get more of him. He's obviously got contingent value if McLaurin's surf toe lingers. And how do you feel about Dotson? Because he does fit a lot of criteria that we normally look for. But I don't think he's been as buzzy of a pick until this McLaurin injury. Yeah, I I love Dotson. I, I do think he should be going ahead of Terry uh, right now. Um, but... Yeah, this this price is actually nice because I've been seeing him, especially in our high stakes drafts, he has been flipping. Terry and ADP has been going in the fifth in a lot of these drafts. I was actually debating between Pickens or Dotson for my pick there yeah. and decided I just wanted to up my uh, Pickens exposure a little bit since I have more Dotson. But yeah, I think he's a, an awesome pick there in the sixth. That normally I would say, why are you taking McLaurin over him? But you got both, so uh, you're going to make a bet. On the Commanders, I see a Sam Howell team in your future, and uh, you're going to love everything about it. Sam Howell, you must be thrilled to see the closing line value on that one, but what are you going to do with your pick? Another guy, along with ETN, I've been trying to boost my exposure, and um, we are going to continue to do that here with J.K. Dobbins right at ADP. So my team threw uh, six rounds. We got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback stacked up with Travis Kelsey, and then two running backs, Travis ETN and J.K. Dobbins, and two wide receivers, Jalen Waddell and George Pickens. As FF Doom says here, detours with Mahomes are fun because you can always jam three to four Chiefs wide receivers in later, which is part of the reason I'm not feeling as panicked of getting buried by the wide receiver avalanche. And Spags, talk to me about your start here. Uh, obviously, the two uh, commanders wide receivers, and then you got four more as well. Yeah, I've got, uh, I'm going extreme zero RB here. So one more to close it out for splash plays, head to heads, Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown. Don't think you get that combo too often. Amari Cooper, Christian Watson, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, uh, kind of build where I think all of these guys make sense. Terry McLaurin's a guy that I was personally steaming up, uh, but Pete, we're all looking at this wide receiver avalanche who caused it. Was it perhaps the guy who knows ball? I think it might've been. Yeah. Uh, you starved the beast. Uh, that reminds me of like the time. You took DK Metcalf, I think, like at the end of the second round, you were like a wide receiver avalanche was coming. I was like, Spags, you started the avalanche by taking DK Metcalf at 210. The call DK is coming Metcalf. from inside the house. He's naturally soared up to where I was taking him on the turn anyway. So it's worked out pretty well. I think I'm I'm actually thrilled to see you taking guys like George Pickens. I know the ADP chasing guys were talking up Pickens a little bit yesterday. Um, I'm glad to see you guys finally coming along to the takes that I've been holding near and dear and trying to get you on board with. And you were like, Pickens, go route guy. Blah, I don't like him. I hate, <laughs> you know, now you're on board. No, I, I, I love how I played the, the Steelers stuff. I was taking uh, Deontay Johnson a ton when he was cheaper. Now he was, is the more expensive of the two. I've always, Spags, you, you've tried to make this divide bigger. You are so anti-Deontay Johnson that you're trying to peg me as an anti-George Pickens guy. All I said is that ultimately both guys are big bets on Kenny Pickett. And everything we're seeing from Kenny Pickett right now in the preseason has been awesome. I think you want to be very excited about this offense. And I'm excited about both of these guys. And uh, yes, I I'm, you're not going to catch me saying anything bad about uh, George Pickens. Oh, my Deontay FUD, by the way, I've ended up with 11% Deontay in Best Ball Mania 4 because of the bet on Pickens. And I've doubled that for pick or for Pickens, rather. Uh, but the bet on Pickett, I agree. If I think if you needed to see the confidence in Pickett, he certainly showed in the preseason. Granted, it is the preseason. But uh, this is what I hoped it would be, was that they're running a similar offense, but it's looking more effective. And uh, definitely good signs for Pittsburgh. They and uh, the Commanders, probably the highest team team so far. But what are you going to do? I was bummed. I was hoping to get Javante Williams there. Um, I don't love uh, these running back options. So I do think the other guy I was eyeing there was, I, I do think Sutton's price should be coming up more. Um, like if we're plummeting Judy this much, um, Sutton should be able to get off to a really fast start in this offense. So I am going to take him here at pick 78, just because I think this running back here is pretty flat. And if I do want to go that direction, I should be able to get one coming back in the next round. Whereas we're definitely in that range where wide receivers are starting to get, uh, eaten up pretty quickly. 
Yeah, I, I think this was the right room for me to do this build. Obviously, again, my contribution to the room is going to be that I ruined it for everybody. But now I'm getting a nice pocket of running backs in the way back. So Cam Akers, I feel like falling a lot in rooms. And I know Kyron Williams is going to be involved. I don't think this that changes Cam Akers' role at all. But I feel like people are reacting to Kyron Williams being more involved. as So it does change Cam Akers' role. Yeah, which is weird, right? Because it shouldn't really change the Cam Akers thing a whole lot, right? It's more just like, hey, we kind of have clarity on who the RB2 is. And so now it does make um, him a great late round pick, but I don't think that necessarily means that we should be moving stuff up and down. Although I do want to say, was it the athletic article? I think Levitan posted a screenshot of it where they were talking on the backfield and it was a little bit more wishy-washy of McVay being like, we want to get more touches to the other backs this year, get both guys involved. And so I think that is spooking people, which again, like that is the game we play with any of the running backs in this range, right? Round six, seven, eight, as much as I love J.K. Dobbins, like all of these guys are susceptible to losing touches and they often get moved up just based on projectable volume. And so like the Cam Akers ADP, it's going to be like, do we think he's going to get 20 touches? All right, we feel good taking him in the six, which is what's happening with Damian Pierce right now. Why is Damian Pierce moving up? Like he's not that different of a probabilistic bet than these guys, but people are now more confident about the projected volume. Whereas Cam Akers, now they're slightly less confident about the projected volume. So he is now less attractive. I think that's really been my biggest lesson here, I guess. So I was thinking I could take DeAndre Swift, but I feel like Akers now 16 picks after ADP is probably too good of a steal with this build that I'm going with. So my first running back off the board will be Cam Akers, and I find that hard to argue with the pick 87. Yeah, uh, I think that's a very, uh, very nice price on him. What's his ADP right now? How far past? 71.6. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a really nice price there uh, on Akers. And that is the thing, too, of if you... That's the flip side of, you know, extreme zero RB builds don't come incredibly easy in this landscape just because there's so many running back values along the way. But if you do stay committed to it, you often love the running backs that you're getting in rounds eight, nine, and 10. Uh, I was hoping to get Swift uh, there. He goes one pick off, but I'm going to do uh, buy the dip on David Montgomery here. Uh, falls 12 picks past ADP. Uh, I'm at 6% right now. Definitely would like to be uh, even with the field on a guy like David Montgomery, who I think is just, as much as I like Gibbs, I think Montgomery at these prices. In an offense I'm excited about. I'm excited about this Lions offense. I love their playoff schedule. I think Montgomery is going to get a ton of goal line carries. So uh, he he rounds out my room nicely here as my running back three. No, I think that makes a lot of sense, Montgomery. I agree, undervalued. It's kind of odd because his ADP has started to come up a little bit, and Gibbs is now safely in the late 20s, early 30s in most rooms. And it feels like that is rare that it's going with both guys on the ascent, whereas it, like normally Gibbs would go up, Montgomery would go down. But I think Montgomery's been undervalued this entire draft offseason. Like, he's their traditional back, like especially on underdog where you're looking for touchdowns. I think Gibbs makes more sense on DraftKings with the full point PPR, but on underdog, like it shouldn't be a 60-pick difference in ADP, I don't think. I, I agree. I don't, I don't think it should be, uh, either. And it all depends on, you know, what, what your build, uh, looks like too. I, I don't think I, I need to check. I do not think I've done a Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Have you done that bit of handcuffing with the lions? I honestly have so few handcuffed lineups. I feel like that's one thing I know you've kind of pivoted to the, seeing some opportunity there. Um, I've kind of locked in that. I do want to get the bet right on a running back. So I've been more focused on that, but I, you know, I think there's one backfield like that backfield probably makes sense. Like I think the, the lions Omega stack is probably Goff uh, with Amon Ross, St. Brown, Laporta, and then Gibbs, but you could talk me into Gibbs and Montgomery because they are going to have different roles. And that is usually the kind of backfield you can get both. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, it's, it's more of just a price thing. And I think when I'm making that bet on Gibbs, who's now a mid third round pick, I mean, I really need him to not only be catching a ton of balls, but you know, stealing away just more of the base work from Montgomery by the end of the season for that to work. Whereas with guys like when you look at the price of Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson, like the price doesn't make that have to be the case, right? Like it doesn't have to be one of them consolidating all of the work 15 and 17 for that bet to work out. But at a mid third and a mid eighth price, I think it does have to be there. So, uh, I definitely am uh, going to get my Kadarius Shoney, Tony share here again, uh, a guy I do not click a lot, but uh, if I'm getting buried at wide receiver and I have Patrick Mahomes, it seems like the time to do it.
Yeah, I was wondering if you're going to take him here because I know you have been a little more on the anti-Tony camp, but positive reports of him uh, returning from the knee injury. They're going to see how he does in practice this week, and supposedly that'll be the determining factor if he goes in week one. And uh, the same reports NFL Network had it yesterday where talk about him being the wide receiver one there. The team's still saying the same things. I think Tony is... I, I, this, he's got whiffs of skeleton key potential, Pete, I think, where just the way that he's lined up um, had obviously a market ADP of 70, then the injury comes and it might not even matter for the regular season. I think that Tony is another guy. People wanted the certainty and they didn't get it. And now it's like he might be really undervalued going with the 100 to 120 range the last few weeks. The funny thing about Kadarius Tony is he could be a, a skeleton uh on your roster or he could be the skeleton key uh and that is the beauty of the Kadarius Tony pick um yeah I still I I'm on the bear side of Kadarius Tony but again like I I try to not get emotional with my picks and if I'm drafting a Patrick Mahomes team and I need the Chiefs to go nuclear again you know Kadarius Tony is going to be a big part of that plan would I've taken Sky Moore you know, at, at pick 91, if he came back to me, yes, I, I absolutely would have. Uh, but he did not. And so uh, I definitely want to still build out uh, the bet here on the Chiefs. And Kadarius Tony in this universe, Spags, he is the skeleton key in the universe. of. I hope you're right. I mean, I yeah. certainly believe that. I've got enough Kadarius Tony, mostly the vestigial uh, 70 ADP Kadarius Tony. But I've scooped wow. him sometimes since then. Feel pretty good about that. Uh, all right. So I need another running back here. I am torn, I think. Zach Charbonnet ADP-wise looks pretty good at this discount. Rashad Penny makes more sense for my build with the Philly bet I'm building out. But I am going to take Charbonnet here to round out my running back room with Akers, A.J. Dillon. And did you note, by the way, Jalen Warren going at 105? That is yeah. the closing line value of all closing line value. Yeah, I was talking about it with Liam yesterday. Like, th there's no reason that Jalen Warren shouldn't be going in, I would say, what, this 98 to 106 range. Like, he belongs next to A.J. Dillon, Dalvin Cook, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson. Um, there is just still, you know, we got guys out here posting screenshots of 88% Najee Harris. So, you know, it's still it's still keeping the Jalen Warren ADP in check. <laughs> it is crazy. The Najee Harris pushback where any little glimmer of hope for Najee Harris, they're like, man, did you see him running that five-yard touchdown? Like, he's got, he's back, baby. That's Najee season. It's, oh, man, I... I think if that split is 60-40, I think the Jalen Warren drafters won. Yeah, uh, yes, uh, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, Spags, if if Oles takes Romeo Dobbs, I am going to take uh, Odell Beckham here. Uh, that's what that's what <laughs> I like that you're happen. flag planning for this one. That you're like, I have to start to PR the messaging that I am, in fact, going to take Odell Beckham here. Yeah, I'm taking a wide receiver here. Uh, I would Why not prefer Boyd? Romeo Dobbs. What? Why not Boyd for the week 17? Because, uh, all right, Gino goes, I get Dobbs here. Um, because I want to be, first of all, I think there's much bigger breakout potential for uh, Dobbs than Boyd. I think with Odell, I think Odell fits nicely on a team like this where Kadarius Tony's probably not going to be ready and I'm light at wide receiver. I think Odell could be a fast start guy uh, for sure. Um, Boyd to me is a contingent play and I don't, I don't know. I guess I, I could have played it through, but now that I have some of the tight ends, I have some of the late running backs on Cincinnati. I like it again, kind of goes back to that thing where I'm just, I, I'm still not really caring about correlation there. If I don't think the uh, player kind of fits in with what I'm trying to do with the overall team. And you are a known Odell guy. You love Odell. You've been stumping for him all off season. So, you know, you got to get your guys sometimes. Well, and Odell would have correlated with, um, with Waddle. Uh, in week 17 as well. So uh, we went with the anti-correlation and grabbed another Dobbs share. Um, I have a, so this is kind of a random one, but I'm kind of thinking about, I'm looking at my build. Damian Harris, what are we reading with him? Because I have so much Damian Harris. I think he kind of came back the way I wanted to see him where he did run ahead of Latavius Murray. We'll see if that really matters or not, but got the goal line touchdown. Um, I know you wrote it up for the Fantasy Life newsletter, but do you feel like Damian Harris is another guy that's kind of slid to where, uh, he probably is a little bit too low just because of fear of the role and the uncertainty. Well, I think he was sliding because there was legitimate uncertainty. He was banged up. Latavius Murray was playing ahead of him. Uh, now he was back. Granted, we didn't see Latavius play in that game. Um, mm. But, I mean, no, we shouldn't be surprised, right? Like, we know that the Bills are going to have a goal line back. The debate was, is it going to be Damian Harris? Is it going to be Latavius Murray? Um, so him coming in and subbing in at the goal line, I don't really think should be a surprise to anyone. So I don't think a ton has changed other than giving you a little bit more confidence on Damian Harris, right? Um, that he's going to have that role. So 
I actually don't think uh, much has changed for that backfield. Got it. Okay, no, that's fair. And I think it made me feel better about my Harris bags, but not exactly dying to go out of my way to get them still. But you're on the clock. You're in your one three five one build. What do you do? Yeah, I'm trying to think here. Let's see. Do Are there any other... Yeah, I don't have anything I need to do there. I do think on this team, again, can I can I enjoy the uh, Jamison Williams pick? I think we'll keep trying to get some upside here at wide receiver. Probably end up with a couple Chiefs wide receivers really late as well. But now I'm to six wide receivers here and a couple of guys who are not going to give me much production at the start in Kadarius Tony and Jamison Williams. But just trying to say... How can I supercharge this wide receiver room after making so many picks away from wide receiver early? Yeah, I, don't, I can't relate. Can't relate to that struggle, Pete, but I, mm. I try my best to do the same at running back. Running back yeah. that just falls right in your lap. Pretty nice when that happens. Let, yeah, Zach Charbonnet at 111 is nice considering what his ADPs half round higher than that. So what do you got? Yeah, 105 it looks like. And I'm going to take Elijah Mitchell here to correlate with my Washington guys. So mm -hmm. I do add uh, Elijah Mitchell to Zach Charbonnet, AJ Dillon, and Cam Akers at running back, which for, again, this is what I think happens if you go full extreme zero RB is you do hit that running back pocket pretty well and you get one of the fallers in the 70s and 80s. And like, I like this room for a zero RB team. Yeah, it is so funny. I Spags, I feel like uh I'm so bored of the Jalen Waddle Najee that I kind of just skim over the conversation, but it has the effect of just throwing a Molotov cocktail on the chat. And I just, I was trying to like catch up on what the chat was saying. And it's just all Najee uh, and Jalen Warren debate. This, there is nothing the fantasy of best ball community likes debating more than this. And in our circle, it does feel so Jay, pro Jalen Warren. But if you look at the ADP of Najee, it like hasn't budged, right? Like he is not, yes, in our streamed rooms, he sometimes fall, but his overall, ADP does not budge because there truly is a great divide on Najee drafters who are holding the line, man. Like the fact that Najee's ADP didn't slide to like what the early fifth or something is a testament to how steadfast and stubborn the Najee hive is. Yeah. It's honestly pretty impressive how they've dug their heels in on that one. So I'm at a bit of a crossroads. I think there are two running backs I could take. I also worry that you might take your second QB. No, you wouldn't do that. Um, I don't think. Damian Harris or Kenneth Gainwell? Who would you go with right now? Um, On your team, yeah, you're still trying to get production in there. Charbonnet, Mitchell, I don't know. All right. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Gainwell. I'm going to go Gainwell here because I think we have a little bit of a bet on Philly. We have a little bit of a bet on Buffalo. I guess I could have increased the bet on Buffalo by taking Damian Harris, but there's no other Philly back I could take. Theoretically, I could take a late Latavius Murray if I wanted to. Um. But all right, I, I feel okay about the spill. I'm worried at QB, though. I'm worried I'm going to get sniped on this next few picks. Here you go, chat. After body bagging Jerry McKinnon on uh, Monday stream, if McKinnon falls to me 15 picks past ADP when I need a running back and on a Patrick Mahomes team, I'll do this for all of you guys. I think it makes sense. I think you've – I said it in one of my streams. Like, I think you have something of – too strong of a hate towards McKinnon. Like part of the reason he didn't play as much in the Super Bowl, and he still played a good amount of snaps, was that they're trying to attack it with Pacheco in a different way. Like McKinnon's old, he's washed, I get it, but like they clearly have a use for him, and he has a skill set that nobody else in the team has. Well, here's the thing: it's first of all, it's price dependent. Like him yeah. going ahead of guys like um, you know Bigsby and Warren. I guess some of those guys have flipped a little bit now. Never made sense to me. Um, but on a team where one, I need running backs, and two, I have Patrick Mahomes, then all of a sudden, it's the way we talk about in DFS, right? Like ownership is a negative, correlation is a boost. And you start to think about these push-pulls of stuff. All of a sudden, now um, McKinnon, 15 picks past ADP with a correlative boost all of a sudden looks like a much better pick. Um, but there are, for me, at this price, there's only a few instances where McKinnon makes sense on rosters. Um, I do think, too, if you were in, like, extreme zero RB rosters like yourself and you're trying to get some early season production, um, I think that certainly makes sense. But, yeah, my, my whole thing with every player, right, Spags, is price. Like, I right. love Dalton Kincaid at 150. I probably have, what, 15% of him or something like that um, versus him going at 110. So even with players you kind of like though, and then shouts to Tyler for the super chat. It's Olive Branch, Olive Branch season, McKinnon, Odell Beckham, Tony. Uh, you're pleasing Tyler here, which might mean you're literally pleasing Tyler Pete. I'm just I 
I don't think I'm not super stubborn with I always say I've tried to draft the best possible team. And I am now in a world where Mahomes and this Chiefs offense are rolling. Uh, a lot of my McKinnon fade is I don't think he really makes sense outside of Chiefs correlation bets or extreme zero RB stuff when you're getting a faller in him. But like to your point here, Spags on the ADPs, like give me Kane, uh, Gainwell over McKinnon every time. Um, but that's not how the ADP has shook out uh this year whatsoever so i don't know i've just found the price weird uh but i finally found a spot where i could give an olive branch to the jarek mckinnon slappies and be a, a mckinnon slappy for one day what was your exposure to mckinnon overall 0.9 percent. i think this is my like my <laughs> wow. second click yeah so you're fully on i mean look I, I get it yeah there you I go. admire you digging your heels in on it and, you know, and yeah. I guess being willing to bend uh, these final stretches. Is he one of the guys, I guess, is there anybody who really stands out as a guy when your last 15 drafts that you want to get a few tastes of that you probably have been avoiding? Well, it's, it's not guys I've been, well, okay. So that's a different question. I mean, I've been trying to get way more Dobbins, way more ETN, right. but guys I'm avoiding. Um, I'm trying to think, I'll think if I can come up with one, maybe, maybe Odell, maybe Odell, mm -hmm. a few more shares of him. Yeah, he's um, got a role to start the year. What are you going to do here? Please, hopefully I, not. I, 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 I really want to break your heart and uh, select Rosha, or uh, Jordan Love, but I won't do it. Um, I am going to take Roshan Johnson, though, so you're you're wow. you're spared for now. I mean, I'm happy you're taking Roshan. He's, how are your Roshan bags relative to Khalil Herbert? Because I've realized I was so low on Khalil Herbert and high on Roshan, and I have some Foreman, too, so it's in the mix, but feels like Khalil's now the, the market bet, but Roshan, I think, Roshan looms large, I would say, if you have a lot of Khalil bags. Uh, Khalil Herbert, 12.2%. Roshan, 12.2%. Foreman, 8.4%. Wow. That is a clean split. That's good. That's how you handle a portfolio, I think. Well, although the Foreman picks look pretty dusty yeah. right now. but <laughs> yeah. yeah, the thesis I've had, I think, is starting to show through where I thought he was a better pass catcher than Herbert. Looks like he's going to win the pass down role and a better sledgehammer back than, uh, than Neonza Foreman is. And he's not going to quite have that role. Seems like it's going to be Herbert, but... I think Roshan is really well equipped to be as good as a running back can be in that system, but he has to you know, jump Khalil Herbert. And I do get Jordan Love here, thank God. So finally get a QB, which is making me sweat. The one risk point, Pete, of these extreme zero RB builds is when you don't get a QB until round 13. I did I did think about doing it, T-Spags, for, <laughs> for a half second here, but uh, you, you get to live to see another day. And then now I'm curious what I have to do with my next pick. Because there's one other QB who's very important in my build, but I also see a tight end that would be nice to flesh out too. And, and Sam Howell is screaming up boards. Uh, you can speak freely about Sam Howell to me, Specs, because I promise you no matter what happens, I'm not selecting Sam Howell in this draft. I mean, I like Sam Howell. I don't know if somebody's going to take him uncorrelated in this room. So He's got an ADP of 167. There's zero chance he comes back. I, I will uh, make a bet to you on that. He's not coming back to 178. Hmm. <sighs> He's not, yeah, he's not falling in rooms right now, which is the tough part. But Musgrave is so valuable, too. I guess yeah. there's a shot in hell that Musgrave falls, but probably not likely either. So I'll have to pivot. I'll have to take a Cole Turner, I guess, at, at tight end. Um, yeah, I just, with Howell being pretty buzzy right now, um, that, that snipe, I think, would have hurt for you, too. Because then what are your backdoor stack options? Um, there's not a ton mm -hmm. here. You're not really any, especially because I prefer not to take another receiver if I don't have to. Uh, so I think, yeah, my, at this point in the draft, I think Hal is more valuable to me than anybody else in the room for somebody to walk off with Hal and not even have the correlation. Pete, I've been saying lately, if somebody at least has a receiver with the QB, it's like uh, at least the QB went to a good home. Um, I yeah. think there, there's no good homes on the board for Sam Howell besides me. No, and I'm going to have to build out a backdoor stack here too because you had love. Pickett went way early. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have a ton of super obvious stacks. I'm going to have to build something out here. Um, I think in that, with that angle, um, I think maybe taking a guy like Chig and giving me an out to Ryan Tannehill at this price makes a bit of sense. I don't see anything else that I have to do here. So let's do, uh, do Chig and give me a, another backdoor stack option. Uh, this is a completely random aside, Pete. Chigo Conquo and Madden. So my my superstar player, who's who's Chris Spags, the created player at QB for uh, the Tennessee Titans draft in the mid round. Chigo Conquo is the best receiver in the league in the game that I'm playing right now. Really? It's not even close. <laughs> like he's got 1,800 yards and through 17 games, and like I I've been blown away by it to the point where I'm like, am I not drafting <laughs> enough Chigo Conquo? That's hilarious. 
Uh, and that's just like the way it's like randomized or auto. Well, no, it's the way that I'm playing specifically where I keep hitting the seam guy and Chig is open every single time. So it's been certainly me feeding him the ball, but like explosive, like he breaks like five tackles and runs for an ADR touchdown. I don't know who gave him his Madden ratings, but he needs to send him a thank you basket immediately. That's hilarious. It's yeah, um, definitely looking good. So let's recap these teams here. I'm through 14 rounds, one, five, six, two. I got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, running backs, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, redacted McKinnon and Roshan Johnson, wide receivers, Jalen Waddle, George Pickens, Cortland Sutton, Kadarius, Tony, Romeo Dobbs, Jamison Williams, and then two tight ends and Travis Kelsey and Chig Aconquo. How are you looking spags through fifth or uh, 14? I've got my two QBs and Jordan Love and Sam Howell. Got a nice discount on Jordan Love, thankfully. Cam Akers, A.J. Dillon, Zach Charbonnet, Elijah Mitchell, Kenneth Gainwell. That is a zero RB room. A receiver, Stefan Diggs, A.J. Brown, Amari Cooper, Christian Watson, Terry McLaurin, and Jahan Dotson to complete that Howell stack. And a tight end, Dallas Goddard. I, I like this team a lot. I'm curious how I can stick the landing here, but I think uh, we've both built some nice teams as we as we should be doing in August. Yeah, and I just took uh, Zamir White, uh, a guy I've been a little bit light on as far as, you know, part of like late round running backs, your RB, anchor RB portfolio. Um, so trying to get a little more Zamir White, and then it's also a bonus that they play the Chiefs in week 16. So building out this Chief stack there gives me a, a game stack element. And, uh, and now done at running back here with six running backs. I think I see a player that I'm going to take, though. I really should get a sixth running back at some point. Um, though, actually, this is kind of interesting. I could take Stafford for a three QB build, but I'm actually going to go Taysom Hill. This has been weird where I'm go. picking a lot of Taysom Hill lately because he keeps falling in pockets that I think make sense. And uh, Musgrave is no longer there late. So like some of my late tight end builds have gone and I've become a Taysom Hill slappy in the last two weeks of drafting. Yes. Um, I, I mean, I don't mind that price at all uh, on on Taysom at 178. And what's your other tight end? Is that your first tight end? Oh, no. Yeah, Goddard. Goddard's yeah, my yeah, first Goddard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think a pretty good duo there. I feel like to me, Taysom is like a three tight end build guy, but especially if you have a, a semi-concrete one um, yeah. with him. And I think that anything gives you is kind of like pure luxury. So I think that's where Taysom makes more sense to me. Let's see here. So I have three more picks. I think I'm obviously getting a second QB. Um, I'm done I'm done at running back. Yeah. I think I will end up missing out on the, uh, a, a Cincinnati bring back, um, just because I basically had to make the choice. Do I want to go Zamir white there or save like a pick for Chris Evans, um, in with the Cincinnati stuff. But I think structurally now I'm not going to be able to get there unless I could take Iosovis who, uh, Yoshi now, who is, uh, one of the most trendy guys. So maybe, maybe I'll leave a candle on for a, for a Cincinnati bring back. Yeah, I'm going to take Gus Edwards as my sixth running back here. Just somebody who's going to give me production. I maybe could have taken a flyer running back, but at this point, it's like Jerome Ford. I guess Jerome Ford might have made sense in my build. Uh, but yeah, I will go Gus Edwards for that one, and eh, we'll get there. Uh, Justin Ross uh, goes, which I think is okay. Like, if you're going to take, uh, I think on this team, the Richie James makes a little more sense to kind of paper over uh Tony, whereas when you're taking Justin Ross and Tony, you're, you're taking on a lot of uh, zero risk there, I think, with the Chiefs. So we had Richie James and kind of complete our Omega stack of the Chiefs with Mahomes, McKinnon, uh, Kadarius Tony, Richie James, and Travis Kelsey. Uh, seems like a, a, a good uh, place to stop on my Chiefs love here today. Yeah, I mean, and you got like Jalen Waddle and Pickens, according to the stuff I look at. It's those two and, and Christian Watson that are the big outliers and expected points added per target. So uh, you fit my criteria and you fit Tyler's criteria, or I fit Tyler's criteria. Taysom playing in New Orleans, loves getting involved with three other dudes at tight end. <laughs> Tyler says Taysom plays in New Orleans, loves getting involved with three other dudes at tight end. This is why I don't read Tyler's uh, comments <laughs> out loud. You know, I just sometimes I Ron Burgundy it every once in a while as a gift to Tyler. Uh, so you you snuck that one by the goalpost there. So this is the other thing, Pete, that I've had to remind you of today. Um, so as part of, you know, Pete's been working so hard on his channel. I'm trying to build the Splash Play channel, which, by the way, we have 360 people watching. If you all want to Splash Play right now and subscribe, Splash Play would almost be at 3,000 subs. So a good idea to do that and check out the stream I'm going to do right after this one where I'll be doing another draft. Uh, Pete, the, the guys who subscribe to Splash Play, the joined, the people who've paid money, have dubbed themselves. Do you want to guess what the community name they've given themselves, which I had I'm, no part in? I'm pretty sure I saw it. It's the Bonk Bros, right? 
No, so that's a subsect of the of the community known as the Squirt Squad because, of course, the helmet has the splash logo, which you can see on the screen. Uh, they are the Squirt Squad, and uh, I don't think it's it's not gross because the logo is you know a splashing helmet, but it is gross in some ways. I wanna. I wish I could go back in a time machine, Spags, when we got the logo design back, where I'm pretty sure you and I had a conversation of like, it does feel vaguely erotic, the but like you know it's literally splash. Um, and there is, it does mirror the emoji itself, the the splash uh, emoji. But I think we were always destined to have a very horny audience just by way of the logo decisions we made. Yeah, it is. It does look like an ejaculating helmet, so it works out. But yes, it is supposed to be a splash. It's supposed to be a helmet making a splash. They had the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. We had branding, and then and then what happens, Pete, is you know becomes a, a DAO. You're familiar with those from the NFT world, and now they have their autonomy and they're making choices. And who am I to argue? Yes, uh, you know there there's so many inside jokes over the days. Uh, <laughs> I, I forgot about Jiz Nation. Um, yes, I'm glad that you know the Deposit Kingdom. It's this beautiful ecosystem. There's room for all kinds of walks of life. And yet um, Splash Play has really carved out uh, a niche here uh, for themselves. Um, all right. So I do get sniped on Ryan Tannehill, uh, which will allow me to set up one more backdoor stack here to get uh, a quarterback. And I'm probably going to end up Bryce Young or Ritter is interesting here. I should see what kind of wide receiver options that gives me. Not that I can't I believe you got sniped on Tannehill. Okay, oh, I had Derrick Henry, but I feel like you could Oh yeah. Him. But I don't I I don't mind uh losing Tannehill. I actually think guys like Bryce Young and Ritter have more upside. Um I'm just trying to think which one I might want to play here. I'm at 11% Ritter and only uh 9% Young. I feel like Young pairs well with uh Mahomes here. Also, Bryce Young looked really good uh, in his preseason action. Seemed to even have maybe a bit more uh, rushing upside than we were maybe giving him credit for, which is, that's where it really gets exciting if he starts to run a bit more. So we'll grab Bryce Young to pair with Mahomes here. Yeah, I think he's just more of a, a game manager-y Kyler, which is not a bad thing to be if you, you're to believe that Carolina's going to do anything this year. And yeah. uh, Bryce, I feel like his steam down, like CJ Stroud, you could point to the games and go like, he didn't look that good. I could see why he would come down. But he still goes around ahead of Bryce Young in pretty much every draft, so I just don't get the Bryce FUD quite as much. No, uh, I don't. I don't either. Um, yeah, he. I think I was a little light on him to start the season. I think it ended up being Stroud, who I'm real light on. Um, Stroud, yeah, <laughs> really light. Um, which I, I I feel good about that. I guess maybe if I could like draw up my exposures, I'd have like seven percent Bryce and two percent Stroud or whatever. Um, but you know, it being more polarized there seems fine. I just, I do think if Bryce rushes a decent bit, you know, he could have some nice spike weeks where it's just harder for me to envision for Stroud uh, in that offense this year. And I am taking my seventh running back of Jerome Ford, which I don't feel bad about because apparently Sean Tucker is getting drafted now. Uh, so Sean Tucker goes right after, but Ford makes sense for my build where I have a little bit of Cleveland and um, taking seven running backs always feels weird, but that's the luxury you get if you build an extreme zero RB. Yeah. And, and uh, are you are you worried about the Jerome Ford bags now that Pierre Strong is there? No, I still think that Ford's the better player of the two. It certainly doesn't help, and it probably doesn't seem great for um, Ford being healthy, I guess. like That's the one risk point. But if we're going to get Ford for free, I, I'm willing to go down with the Ford ship as a guy that I think was a big part of his URB portfolio. And it sucks because you see it in real time where it's like you see the rise of Bigsby, you see the rise of Jalen Warren, and you see Jerome Ford plummeting down to earth. And I think that's how these portfolios sometimes end up. Might have to do a Visca pick, dude. Oh, do a little Visca for the for the for the throwback here. The last splash play uh, pick. It just feels like it needs to be Visca here. Visca was, I think, on my finalist team in BBM last year. Not, was I think, really? I took him ironically. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So he did not contribute much. It may shock you to learn amidst the chaos of uh, Cincinnati Buffalo getting canceled. Visca did not step up um, and rise to the occasion. Yeah, I think. I think I could probably justify if I wanted to do like a Chris Evans with a Cincinnati bring back. Although I feel pretty good about that room. I would rather um, just have some kind of correlation though with Bryce young. Um, if that bet's going to hit, um, I would prefer to get, and then, you know, on top of it, we do have ETN in week 17, we get Dobbs in week uh, 16 here. 
uh, for the uh, the Panthers here. So I'm going to play that game uh, with a little, you know, the classic Bryce Young to LaVisca Chenault and the Travis Etienne bring back. Name me a more classic uh, correlation and bring back. Was Terrace Marshall not even a, a brain wave that occurred? Because, uh, I mean, isn't his injury pretty bad? No, he's got a back issue. It should be a couple of weeks. Like he's, I think he yeah. tweaked it, but, but I think the Chark stuff is the thing that's more interesting because Chark being hurt already means that if Marshall can get back out there, like there's yeah. a role waiting for him potentially. I think the thing that's really hard for Marshall is every single year he's had an awesome camp in preseason. Like he has been a preseason winner every single year since he came into the league and then constantly gets beat out when the season starts. And so if he's not going to even be able to carry his momentum of a good preseason uh, start of the preseason, then I start to worry about him more. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've selected a decent amount of uh, Terrace Marshall. Uh, yeah. I actually think I have like too much. Terrence Marshall, 5.3% feels like a lot for a fringe late guy. What do you have? I, I have 15. <laughs> okay. That's well, you, that's your Taekwon Thornton equivalent yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I'm, I'm still holding the bags. I think there's a pathway there. Nick and our, who's our, our guy here saying you got a shot to be a wide receiver three by mid season. I agree with that, but we'll see. Uh, Pete teams are closed out. So you want to give a final reading here? Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, did, did the draft finish? Can we go to this uh, I think you were. No, B-Shrives is still going, but our, our picks are closed out. Um, as we're waiting for this to finish, I'll just give... Uh, so Spags is going to go draft a team immediately following this on the Splash Play channel. I mentioned this on Best Ball Breakfast, my streaming schedule. Um, on the club later this afternoon, we're going to draft a BBM team. We have been doing uh, weekly winners, but as you know, I got to uh, wrap up these drafts. Tomorrow, we'll be back with Sean and Pat for the final Wednesday Best Ball Breakfast. We'll draft a team on Swolecast. Um, then Thursday, I'm adding Best Ball Breakfast. Easy from the Deposit Kingdom is going to be joining me with his correlation spreadsheet for those. Um, and then we're going to have Best Ball After Dark with Bill Barnwell on Thursday night. That'll get us to 143 drafts. And then we will close it out 144 to 150 on Friday. I'll be announcing that full lineup shortly. But that, Spags, is how we're landing the plane. And how we are going to land the plane here is me reading my team, and you will read yours. Patrick Mahomes and Bryce Young. Running back Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, Jarek McKinnon, Roshan Johnson, and Zamir White. At wide receiver, Jalen Waddell, George Pickens, Cortland Sutton, Kadarius Tony, Romeo Dobbs, Jamison Williams, Richie James, and LaVisca rolled a clip. Chanel, tight end, Travis Kelsey, and Chig Okonkwo. Feel decent about that team. Would have been fun to get a sexier uh, quarterback, but you sniped me on love and Pickett went uh, very early. So that was not in the cards. Spags, how do you feel about your extreme zero RB team? Yeah, we got hell extreme on my team. We got Jordan Love and Sam Howell at QB. We got huge discount on Cam Makers, AJ Dillon, Zach Charbonnet, Elijah Mitchell, Kenneth Gainwell, Gus Edwards, and Jerome Ford. At receiver, Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, Amari Cooper, Christian Watson, Terry McLaurin, get well soon, Terry, and Jahan Dotson. And then a tight end, Dallas Goddard, Taysom Hill, Cole Turner, maybe could attack on one late receiver instead of the seventh running back, but felt a little flimsy with Gus as my guy there. Um, and shout out to Brandon here. Fun draft, y'all. Super weird one for him from the four hole. We appreciate everybody who drafts with us. And I have to give a plug, Pete, because this is one where it overlaps. I am appearing on the Fantasy Life channel at 3 p.m. as well. So going to do a draft on Splash Play right after this. And at 3 p.m., I get to link up with my old pal Ian Harditz and do a draft on there. So would really appreciate people go give some views to the channel. Go go check it out. Go give, go bump the numbers, right, Pete? That was, that's how things work. <laughs> That's right. No, yeah. go support Spags on the Fantasy Life. Ian's been doing a bunch of fun draft streams uh, over the course of the season. And yes, I mean, people are, they, they want us to do multiple drafts. Guys, this this is the final stretch. Like we said, mm -hmm. we envision Best Ball Mania to be closed by Labor Day or very close to. So um, we are going to be jam-packing streams. I'm sure Spags will have more streams over on the Splash Play channel the rest of this week. You will get all of the Best Ball streams you can handle this week. I, I promise you that. Appreciate you guys. Spags, been a blast drafting all summer with you. Uh, I love that we had the head-to-head -head element, and I am very excited to see how our teams perform both uh, against each other and just our room since we'll be tracking those very closely. And hopefully some of them will break out together. Maybe we can have finalist teams together from the same draft. That would be fun. But we appreciate you guys being along on the ride here on Splash Play. It has been a great draft season. I'm glad to be a part of Pete's uh, tremendous summer as well of content. And kudos once again to you, bud, for what you've done. I think it's been uh, a remarkable exercise. It took a lot of courage, I think, to put all your stream drafts out there. And hopefully you're fully reaping the benefits by the end of it all. 
No, it's, uh, you know, the courage will come in when Odell Beckham has two touchdowns week one and Calvin Ridley's the highest scoring wide receiver and Nick Chubb rips off a, you know, 200 yard game. Then my mentions, that's when I'll need the courage, Spags. That's when I'll need the courage. Right now, I don't need much courage. Uh, it'll, uh, it'll all work out. No, but I appreciate you guys head over right after this to watch Spags. This will refresh and then Spags will be over on the Splash Play channel. It's magic how that works. So appreciate all of you, Splash Play Nation, Jizz Nation, Squirt Squad, Bonk Bros, whatever you're calling yourself. We appreciate you. Go watch Spags over on Splash Play. We'll see you guys soon.